Saturday. Z Macon, W290BD Montezuma, WXKO AM Fort Valley, WCEH FM Pinehurst, WWKM FM Rochelle, thesuperstations.com. It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 931. Happy Tuesday and welcome into the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley with you here for the next two hours talking sports. Jordan Bianchi joins us at 12.30. We'll look back on the race at Fontana and ahead to this weekend's matchup as well. Uh, plenty of open phone time and a lot to get to on the program. I guess we should start with the Falcons news. I always joke on this program, we don't break news, we fix it. Um, and we've got to fix something that was just said on the previous show and apologize to Falcons fans. The Falcons are not necessarily in the market for a new quarterback just because Marcus Mariota got released, as you all know. Marcus Mariota was benched uh, for the final four games of the regular season. So just because he was released doesn't necessarily mean the Falcons are looking for a starting quarterback. Um, which And now the Falcons are at about $66 million in cap space after this move. And, <clears throat> and That's I'm glad, exciting, isn't it? It is. I've been in salary cap hell for about four or five years yeah. now. They can finally spend some money. And, I, look, I'm glad they released Marcus Mariota. And, I, you know, he, we talked about – his play on the field was not very good, uh, but he, he's the type of character you want in the locker room, the type of guy you want on your team. And it turns out, no, maybe he's not that type of guy because, look, he quit on the football team. He did. I, that was supposed to be kind of the big selling point of him, right? You know, he hadn't had a great career. He was, you know, he was a top pick, and he was supposed to be, you know, kind of the new wave of, new age of, of NFL quarterbacks, and it hadn't worked out. But you sign him because he's a leader and in the locker room presence and all those things. You don't sign him thinking he's going to come in and throw the ball 50 times a game and, and, and you know, lead, lead a high-powered offense, all that stuff. You're playing to your strengths. And he didn't even do that. He's got to go. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, this is, you know, he's not the starting quarterback anymore. They, they let go their backup is pretty much what happened. Yeah, the, the, exactly. He got benched. Right. Uh, that happened. Uh, Marcus, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Desmond Ritter did not start the last four games because Marcus Mariota was hurt. Right. Marcus Mariota got benched and then decided he was hurt. Right, right. So that's that's how that played out. Um, well, and, and, and you know, um, it doesn't mean – I mean, they could still go sign – a veteran or, or, you know, there's the Lamar Jackson rumors are going to start flying again. Lamar Jackson's going to get franchised. By the way, Deron Payton was franchised for the commanders today, so that's the first guy to get the franchise tag. A potential defensive tackle that would have been on the free agent market that I think the Falcons might have wanted to kick the tires on. But um, they could still go sign a backup. And speaking of the commanders, what about Carson Wentz? Well, to me, that's the type of veteran backup you're looking for. Somebody that – has started in the league before. They can come in and they can compete. They can push Desmond Ritter as opposed to like a Derek Carr who's just going to come in and that's your quarterback. Well, Derek Carr is going to be your starter if he comes, um, I would think. You would think he's going to want to be a starter um, and he's probably going to get enough money wherever he goes. I mean, there's a reason he's not with the Saints right now. It's because of money. And so – I mean, he's going to get a big enough deal that he's going to want to be the starter or he's going to be the starter. So, I, I get that. I Look, I think Carson Wentz is worth the gamble. 
Yeah. He's a talented guy. Um, you don't pay him a lot of money. It's an incentive-based contract. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, okay, we've got our starter. You're an insurance policy. Now, maybe he sees himself as more than that. I don't know why he would at this point. He's been with three teams. He's never really been more than that. Right. Now, but when that year he was with the Eagles and he got hurt, he was playing really, really well. At, like an MVP kind of a guy. And then they went and won the Super Bowl without him. But the Colts, he was never good. The, the, the Commanders, he was never good. So maybe he's been kind of knocked down a peg or two to say, okay, I'll just – I need to go find me the, the right situation and rejuvenate my career. And yeah. if that's as a backup, so be it. I don't know. Maybe he says, screw y'all, I'm a starter. <laughs> we'll see. I, I, I mean, you got to find a team that feels that way about I you. I mean, you go play in the XFL or the USFL if you want to. <laughs> Take the A.J. McCarron route. Look, and and, I'll, and, and back to um, Derek Carr. I, and I am by no means saying that I don't want Derek Carr to come to the Falcons because Desmond Ritter is a better quarterback. But I don't want Derek – what I'm saying is I don't want Derek Carr to be the long-term answer at quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Like Marcus Mariota, uh, he quit on his team as well. And not just and, – and I mean, Mariota, granted it had never showed up on an injury report all season long, did have a procedure done that, that, that sidelined him. That, that, Derek Carr just left the Raiders. Right. So I, I don't want that – uh, in this clubhouse, and at the same time, I don't want Derek Carr to be the starting quarterback of the future for this team. It may not be Desmond Ritter, but I would rather take my chances on the 24 draft for the long-term success of the franchise than put it on Derek Carr for the next four or five years. Yeah, I could see that. And look, I, I think Derek Carr is a good player. I do. I think he wasn't surrounded well to have success in Oakland and Las Vegas. But he's got to take some ownership of that, too. I mean, there's there's a lot of it that could fall on his shoulders too. So, I I think you're right. I I I don't again. I don't know that Derek Carr is a he's a starter in the league. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's a superstar in this league. I don't think that by any means. No, I don't. I mean, unless the Falcons are getting ready to build a defense as good as Philadelphia's, you know, in in that case, I would, Derek Carr. Yeah, just don't turn the ball over. Right. You're like the classic game manager, be that quarterback. But as far as coming in and being some gunslinger that's going to lead any team to the Super Bowl, Derek Carr is not that quarterback. He's Like you said, he's a starter. He's a really good quarterback. Right. There are only 32 of these guys on the entire planet, and he's in the top half. He's really good. Right. But we're, trying, we're talking about a Super Bowl. But he also throws a lot of picks, you know, makes some mistakes. Them losing in Las Vegas was not all on him. But it wasn't – none of it was on him, right? It wasn't like they scored 45 points a game and then had no defense. I mean, he had some issues. So, I I just um, – I, I don't think Derek Carr's the answer. Now, what I would do is go sign Jimmy Garoppolo. I would. And, you know, I would give him a, as big a deal as he wants – so the 49ers can get a good draft pick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, no, I think Jimmy Garoppolo or Carson Wentz or those kind of guys are perfect, exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. And then see what Desmond Ritter is. Yep. I, I, I hope that's their plan uh, moving forward, and you know, time will tell. And, and, look, I do believe 
that if Lamar Jackson becomes available, the Falcons will make a play for him. I do believe that. I don't think Lamar Jackson will become available, though. I don't think he gets to that point with Baltimore. Um, also, the uh, the combine gets underway today. They'll be on the field Thursday. You won't be able to see anything on, on television until Thursday. Uh, but the poking and prodding and interviewing process has begun. Um, Underwear Olympics. The Underwear Olympics. Uh, and we know that um, Jalen Carter is not going to work out. Jalen Carter doesn't have to work out. <laughs> no. I mean, you can't. And when you're in his position and you're looked at as the best overall prospect or at least in the top two or three, you cannot help yourself anymore. Bryce Young's not going to throw the combine. Same thing for Bryce Young. He cannot help his draft stock. So I don't, I, those guys, that upper echelon, that top tier, I don't think they should work out at combines. Uh, now, when you, when you get back towards you know, the, the fifth, sixth, seventh pick, yeah, go show them what you got to make sure you can stay in the top half of that first round. And then, of course, the guys that are going to be picked in the second half of the first round and second round and so on, you want to go show them what you got. But, you know, it, it brings me to this question, too, since we were talking about uh, Carson Wentz as a possibility. And this is, this is something that's been thrown out there. If the Bears do try to trade Justin Fields and take Bryce Young, which I, it, increasingly it doesn't sound like they're going to do that, you know, would the Falcons make a play on Justin Fields? I just feel like that would be a step backwards. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I there's a lot there. So we got to figure out what they want to be, what they want to do. Um, I, I think you're right. I think the thing about Jalen Carter is, you know, I know there's some old school NFL people out there. It's like, well, if he doesn't work out, then that's gonna that's gonna hurt his draft stock. I think I think if you're that guy. You're stupid, because uh, that uh, there's nothing that kid can yeah. do to hurt himself. You can't. There, you, there's not. You you are, you're at the top. Like you took the test and you got a 100. There's no reason to take right. the test again. Todd McShade, be damned. <laughs> Nobody's buying that. This bull guy crap. is everything an NFL team should want. Yep. And I think I think if you're Chicago, what I would do is trade back because somebody's going to want to come up and get a quarterback. So the Cardinals might jump you. And take Jalen Carter. You end up with Will Anderson and probably a second-round pick and a first-round pick in next year's draft. So, in other words, whatever the gap between Carter and Anderson is, those draft picks are going to more than make up for it. So, it's a win-win situation if you're the Bears. I think that's what they're going to end up doing. But just, again, a, a scenario out there that they could trade because they want Bryce Young and then because of the ties to UGA and the Atlanta area – you know, the Justin Fields stuff is going to be out there. So just something to, to be aware of, but I don't think anything is going to come of that either. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, the Atlanta Hawks have a new basketball coach. He'll hit the hardwood tonight. We'll talk about their matchup with the Wizards. That and more as we continue on the Midday Sports Zone right after this. Eleven fifteen, Russ and Daniel back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone. So the Hawks are in action tonight against the Wizards with their new head coach, Quinn Snyder. Uh, just a, a, a weird scenario, but they've sucked me back in. The Atlanta Hawks have absolutely positively sucked me back in because I think they hired the exact coach for the situation that they're in. A guy that's going to come in, he's going to coach these players hard, Maybe they respond to it in a positive way. Maybe they don't. But either way, I think it's going to bring the situation to a head, and you're going to know what you have with this roster, which means if when you get to the offseason, you can do the necessary things that you need to do 
to become a championship winning team. Now, hopefully, it's already there. Nate McMillan was the issue, but we've been down this road before. So I, I don't know. But I think for the next 20 or so games, all eyes on Trey Young. I think he's really at a fork in the road in his career. Hey, this Look, this feels like a reset for the Hawks. It feels like a reset for Trey. I, I, I think it feels like a reset all across the board. Um, so, I, I think he's a really good coach. I, I don't think anybody has ever kind of disputed that. Um, now, there was the stuff in college. You know, he got into some trouble in Missouri. But you're kind of doing stuff now that would be allowed. It's always hard for me to look back on those people and say, man, he's a cheat, or he's this, or he's that. Well, now it's okay. I know it was against the rules then, but mm-hmm. so you don't really hold that against him. I thought he did a hell of a job in Utah. And now they never really kind of got over the hump um, in the playoffs. But if you look at what he did, uh, you know, in the regular season, I mean, he was at Utah for what was that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. I mean, they were first in division three times, and I know division titles don't mean anything in in the NBA. But he took over a team that wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, they won 51 games. And then they won 48, 50, 44, 52, 49. Um, now the playoffs, were, again, were a little bit of a struggle. And that one year they had, what was it, the 20, what was the year they had? The 2021 team, I think they had, they probably should have done more that year. But they didn't get it done um, in the playoffs. So you kind of look at that. Yeah, that was the that was the year they had the number one seed, and they lost to the Clippers in the playoffs. So you're like, man, that that team you should have been better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't hold that against him because he built something in Utah, right? And well, this is something that needs to be built. I'm sorry, they are starting from they are starting from scratch. To me, well, with what has happened the last. Since they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, nothing has worked. No, but they're not. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say they're starting from scratch because it's already built. Like you don't really have wiggle room. Well, I'm saying they're starting from scratch as far as right. The players are there, right? They don't have to go get, go out and get new players. Yeah. But I'm saying they're starting from scratch as far as a culture, right? Well, and it's, building it's something, like, winning. Yeah. Well, it's like he's bought a house that already exists, and he's trying to figure out can I can I live in it as is, or does it need a renovation? Do I do I have to tear the kitchen out and build yeah. a new kitchen? Right. So we're, we'll we'll start to find out. I, and I'm encouraged by what Donovan Mitchell had to say to Trey Young, and and to me, it's up to Trey Young. It's 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 just this is this is all about him. Do you want to win? Do you want to be great? Right. Are we going to get right. the Trey Young we saw in the playoffs two years ago? Or are we going to get the Trey Young that says the regular season is boring? You have to decide who you want to be because do you do you, I mean I just <sighs> hmm. The young players in the NBA just have such a bad reputation right now because of stuff like this. Could you imagine Michael Jordan saying that the regular season is boring? No. 
I can't. I, I mean, can't. it's just a I, different mentality. Yeah, I mean, like all, all you're asked to do is play 82 basketball games a year. It's did, not that hard. Did you say what Charles Barkley said? No. He uh, said they play three or four games a year and they fly on private jets and they have everything you could need and you can't. I mean, three or four, three or four days a week. Yeah. You can't play three days a week with everything that they have that is is set up for them. And now the NBA, there was a there was a report yesterday that the NBA is going to go maybe go with like quote target scores in overtime, so the games don't last double overtime and triple overtime because of because of minutes. I mean, do you want to play or not? Do you want to compete or not? They have everything. Imagine Michael Jordan and those guys, Barkley and Bird, and and again, here I am, get off my lawn, guy, but it's fine. But imagine those guys having all the resources that they have now and saying, I can only play 62 games a year. I, I, it's, there's, where's your competitive spirit? I don't know, man. I, I, it, it boggles my mind. It, it really does. And it's not everybody in the league. But, you know, if I was a GM in, in, in the NBA right now, like the, the, the first part of my criteria would be to try to find guys like Anthony Edwards that want to show up and play. Um, but, but again, tonight, uh, they'll take on the wizards, a seven 30 tip. Uh, we'll have the conclusion, uh, for the uh, stations that carry Georgia basketball. We'll have the, uh, the conclusion of the Hawks game after that. And all our other markets, the Hawks will be on starting at seven o'clock, seven 30 tip. And they sucked me, but I'm I, look, and I'm speaking as a lifetime Atlanta pro sports fan. This is probably going to not end well because they've sucked me in. And that's what Atlanta sports teams do. They suck yeah. you in. They give you hope. The Hawks have done it. The, the Hawks may be the best team at it right now because I think this is about the third time I've been in on the Hawks this year. Like, I'm in and I'm out and I'm in and I'm out and I'm in and I'm out. Uh, I, I, I believe this is going to work. I think that this is probably the type of coach that Trey Young has needed to take him to the next level. And – you know, statistically, he's already at an elite level, but the intangibles, I think, are about to go off the charts. I really do believe that. Well, they better. If not, I mean, it's it's a like. Do you feel like this is his last strike? Who if, Young? if this doesn't work, yeah. If this doesn't work, is he gone or is Quinn Snyder gone? Well, they gave Quinn Snyder a five-year contract, so. Well, I mean, they can always fire a coach. Well, I just yeah. think you trade Trey Young and build around DeJounte Murray. You because you've got you've got high character guys you know in John Collins and DeJounte Murray based on the way they handled Nate McMillan's firing. Trey Young did not handle that well. No, he didn't. I well mean, he hadn't handled any of that well. Yeah. He didn't handle it well when Lloyd got fired. He hadn't didn't handle it well when Schlank got fired. Or I'm sorry. Schlank went into us advisory mode <laughs> and he didn't handle it I, I just he feels like a guy who doesn't he wants all the attention mm -hmm. but when things go bad he doesn't want it to be his responsibility right that's not good no it's not. That's not how it works and that's not the type of player you build a team around so but but there is there's a youth factor that has been in play there has being the key word sure. but it's reached a point now where it's like okay no more excuses well, and he's – I mean, how old is he now? Uh, 25. 25. Yeah. Right? You're he's not a finished product at 25. I'll give you that. I mean, look, we all 
grow and different. But, you did not want to know me when I was 25. Yeah, but wasn't there a bigger difference between you at 25 and 21? Weren't you a lot more mature oh, at 25? no doubt. No I mean, doubt. not that you oh were... Oh, my God. I was a disaster at 21. Right, exactly. Oh, my God. There's a big difference there. But he's been in the league five years now. Like, you're, you're not college age anymore. You're a young adult. Right. You've been in the league five years. And at some point, you have to take responsibility for your part in this. I'm not saying it's all his fault. Mm -hmm. But, Russ, he has taken no responsibility for any of this stuff. And that doesn't work. John Collins is taking responsibility. DeJounte Murray's taking responsibility. And Trey won't. Even when he did talk last week, and we were like, hey, yay, talked. I mean, that should be the lowest common denominator. We shouldn't say, hey, yay, you talked. You should want to talk. Yeah. But even then, he didn't say anything of substance. No. He just talked. Yeah. Well, he talked about the successes they had. And when he said when he talked about it, he said we. I'll give him that. He did, but he but didn't they, say anything about my role in this, nope. they, my there responsibility was no, no. in this, none of it. Nope, took no responsibility, which that's not a, like you said, that's not a good look, but I think this is an opportunity to bury all that in the past and, and really move forward in a, in a positive direction. And I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm being a fan here when I say this, but I think that's what's going to happen. I really do, because I think Quinn Snyder is going to be able to draw that out of him. Well, I hope so, because I like Quinn Snyder. Well, he walks I like. in. I think he walks into that clubhouse with a little bit uh, deeper level of respect than maybe a Nate McMillan and definitely a Lloyd Pierce. And, and that's not a shot at those two. It's just – you know, when you, what is Donovan Mitchell's incentive as a Cleveland Cavalier to vouch for his coach in Utah who's about to go to Atlanta? There is none. Well, no, other than he just likes the guy. Well, that's what well, I'm he saying. He likes playing for the guy. Right. Like, there's no incentive for Donovan Mitchell to do that. So, th that's real. Right. That, that's, that's legit. So, I, I just think there's something to that. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll take a look at what's going on on the college hardwood and the diamond. Uh, we'll open up for some phone calls uh, as well. 478-646-ESPN, wherever you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. And we're back with more of the Midday Sports Zone right after this. Eleven twenty nine. Russ and Daniel back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone. Phone lines open 478-646-ESPN, wherever you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. So we've got uh, Georgia basketball in action tonight. They're taking on the Florida Gators. As uh, just a few games left now before the SEC tournament gets underway, and for Georgia, you know it's 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 about seeding and just carrying some momentum into that tournament. It, it's going to be a tough one to win. The the teams at the top in the SEC are really good. Alabama um, is really good. Tennessee's really good. Uh, Kentucky's kind of snuck back in there. They've won four in a row. Texas A&M's pretty good. So it, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, for for Georgia to make a whole lot of noise, but you know they come into tonight's game. They're six and ten. Mississippi State and Florida are seven and nine. Uh, Arkansas is right there at eight and eight. You know if you can string together a couple of wins down the stretch, you might be able to jump up a seat or two to make that path just a little bit easier. So that's really what they're playing for right now. Yeah, I mean it's all about um, it's all about the path, right, and all about the seating. I mean they're not playing to get out of the double. I mean to get a double buy or or anything like that. They're just playing for seeding. And I I do feel like this was a really good step in the right direction for them. I you know, the the people I've talked to who are Georgia fans, yeah, I mean, you don't want them to lose. You want them to win every game, but the people I've talked to who are Georgia fans have kind of seen progress 
out of this program. And I really feel like that 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 was a big. I mean, it kind of feels like a backhanded compliment, but it was necessary. They were so bad last year. Yeah, uh, that's the. I mean, it, we got to. I mean, we got to early January with this team, and was like, wow, this is a success, no matter what happens from here. But that's how bad they were a year ago. And I think, like, if they win a game in the SEC tournament, oh my god, uh, you know, I, that it's just right. you're just trying to take little steps now. Next year. You know, when you get to this point of the season and Georgia, if they're 5-11 and 11 or 6-10, and 10, that's going to be a little bit of a disappointment because I think everybody feels like the next logical step is to be about a 500 team in the SEC. Right. And, and that is very realistic for this team. Now, the tricky part is, and something that us older guys are going to have to continue to remind ourselves, it's not like it was 10 years ago. You know, it's not like you just take the next phase in evolution of building a team. No, it resets every year. So we got to see what happens with the portal. Can they bring in some guys that can help? Can they hang on to guys that can help? So, you know, we, we got to go through that part of it uh, with the free agency, if you will, of right. college athletics now. It's, it, you know, you hear coaches say this all the time, that every year is a new year. That's never been more true in college sports than it is right now. Yeah. Right, because if, before – if you were building up and you had and you had a great signing class, and they came in and it was going to take a couple of years for them to match mesh, and by their junior year you might have something special. Well, hell, not they might all be gone by now, if that's the case. Look, Russ, they are sixteen and thirteen. That's not great. They're six and ten in the SEC. That's uh, I mean, ugh. but they've won eight games total the previous two years. All right. That's it's where That's you're coming incredible. from. Yeah, he's done a really, I uh, you know, and I know it's appreciated here in the Peach State. I hope, and I don't, you know, keep up with college basketball enough to know, but I hope it's appreciated all around the the world of college basketball. The job that Mike White's done uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia Tech will take on Syracuse in the whatever they call it this week dome. Uh, the Yellow Jackets are four and fourteen. They're two games ahead of Notre Dame, two games back of Virginia Tech, so they're pretty much going to be the thirteenth seed going into the ACC tournament. They have been playing better as of late. They've got their overall record to 12-17, and 4-14 and 14 in the conference. Uh, but, yeah, the biggest thing about tonight's game against Syracuse is, is just beat Syracuse so Jim Beheim has a miserable evening. Oh, no doubt. I mean, make him try to find a Denny's. And, yeah. You know, just, I mean, I know there are no Denny's in Syracuse, so, <laughs> but make him try, try to find one. It is the JMA Wireless Dome now. No longer the Carrier Dome. The John Millage Academy Wireless yes, Dome? Is. That's All right. right. It's Go so Trojans. sad that it's not the Carrier uh, Dome anymore. You win anymore. four straight state championships and 50 in a row, and the next thing you know, people are naming their stadium after you. What do you think JMA Wireless is? I don't know. Who knows? Obviously, it's, it's a probably, wireless company, but I mean. Maybe it's like a phone carrier up there. It's sad that it's not the, it's sad that it's not the Carrier Dome anymore. Why is that? Because so you, you, you you're just so used to it. I mean, like HVAC units or I something? I guess. I guess. <laughs> but I, I – is there anybody less likable in college sports than Jim Beheim? No. Nope. I, look, I don't it's not like, close. I don't like John Calipari, but John Calipari, like I think I could go out and have a beer with John Calipari. We might not agree on everything, but he's just a whining, sniveling bee. I don't know any other way to say it. I don't think I would want to be around Jim Beheim for yeah. more than 10 seconds. If he coached the Falcons, I'd probably cheer for this. No, I, I'm no, not going to go that don't far. Say, don't <laughs> that. No, I'm well, not going to. Like, you know, I mean, I think people know that I would like there to be a coaching change at Clemson. 
That, it's been suggested it's before. Been, I think that's uh, the secret's out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I would not want Jim Beheim to be the coach. No, and I know what a, I know he's a Hall of Famer. I don't want Jay, I don't want Jim Beheim speaking at like a, a convention. I don't want him uh, like doing motivational speeches to employees. He's just not a good person. He's a miserable human being. He just really is miserable. And I don't normally say this about people, but he—I mean—he's just—he's—he's uh, he's a bully. The right. way he goes after young no reporters, um, he whines when his team loses. He bitched about having to leave the Big East and come to the ACC. Tried to make a joke about there not being restaurants in Clemson like Syracuse is some kind of thriving metropolis. Right. Syracuse is I mean, a, come a on, long man. way from New York. Then you're right? in Canada. And, and you know, he, talk, he talked about Pitt and Miami and who else was it? Wake buying players when he has had to vacate wins. Yeah. <laughs> And they called him out on it, too. They did, and I loved every second yep. of it. So that'll be at uh, 7 o'clock tonight, Georgia Tech and Syracuse. And also wanted to mention the Sun Belt Tournament gets underway tonight. You've got Arkansas State and Coastal first up at around 6 o'clock, and then Georgia State and Texas State at 8 o'clock. Georgia Southern will start in the second round, which begins on Thursday. They'll take on Louisiana Monroe, so are, we're looking forward to that. Are you surprised Georgia State's so bad? Because I thought Hayes was mm. going to do a good job there. And I know it's still I, early in his tenure, but yeah, it's his first year. I, I would, you know, I have to say yes. You know why? Because that's who I thought Georgia should have hired. Yes, me too. So I have to say, yeah, I'm I am a little that's surprised. Who Georgia was going to hire. Yeah, yeah, I am a little bit surprised. And maybe he gets it kicked in, but my goodness. Well, it's just it's year one. Right, it is. It is, but they are. <laughs> they're they are, not good they are putrid <laughs> they're not good they're not uh, the the game in statesboro i think it took them about 13 minutes to score their second basket oh. it, it, it was like 13 to 2 for a while That's if good. memory serves Four seven eight six four six espn let's get to the phones now kirkland is in macon what's up man hey how you guys doing today? good we're good what's up bud yeah i got two quick questions uh i stumbled when i asked him what i want to talk about but yeah you're real fast and stuff uh you know um, Bryce Young and Stetson Bennett and the combine and, and the draft. Hey, Bryce Young, you know, so people talk about Bryce Young's height and all that stuff and his weight and so. But if you can look at the whole entire year with Alabama football and stuff, hey, Bryce Young is Houdini. Can somebody just help me explain that? Because he, he's got to be Houdini, though. And Stetson Bennett at the combine, he's bigger than Bryce Young. But Bryce Young's the first pick. What do you guys think Stetson Bennett's going to do at the combine? Or will he just do the pro day? But he, Bryce Young is Houdini. Yeah. Hey, Kirkland, Thanks, I appreciate the phone call. I, for, yeah, first of all, on the Bryce Young being Houdini, I think Alabama loses two or three more games this year. Well, maybe a game or two. I'll say a game I think or two. they lose at least one more if, game. If without, it's not for yeah. – Yeah, if it's not for him, for sure. Uh, I, I don't know – if I, I haven't read whether or not Stetson Bennett's going to throw at the combine. I think it would be in his best interest because he's got some baggage now to overcome. Right. Um, he's got – his age works against him. The incident in Dallas is going to work against him, so you know he needs to go show what people show people what he can do. I like mm-hmm. we were saying earlier, if you're at upper echelon, going to go in the first round as a quarterback, I would not throw at the combine. I would just like Bryce Young, and he's not, he's not going to throw. But Stetson Bennett, you need to go show him what you got. And yeah, I think it, well in the Senior Bowl too. I think that was a mistake not going to the Senior Bowl. I think I think it was. I think everything he's done this offseason has been a mistake. Um, but. Would love to see him turn that around for sure. Yeah. I, I I just well, and that's the thing. He that's why he was in Dallas in the first place was to prepare for this combine. So go out there, 
take that chip on your shoulder that that made you such a great player in college and show him what you got. Well, he's got a chance right now to turn to okay to stop the narrative that we've built up about him the last month and a half, right? Since they won a national championship, what has gone right for him? I mean, even the parade, people were picking apart the way he acted at the parade. I think that stuff's overblown, mm-hmm. but people are still talking about it. It was negative. Then 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 he skips the senior bowl, then the Dallas incident. What has he done right? Well, hopefully a lot Ho- since the Dallas exactly. incident that we just haven't heard about. Hopefully that stuff has turned around for sure. Yeah. So, um, and I think the quarterbacks are on Saturday. Well, he's talking Friday. Stetson is talking Friday, but I don't know. Yeah, I think he's the 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 drills are Saturday for the quarterback. Okay. Yeah, Saturday. I think that's right. Well, there you go. You can sit in front of the TV all day and watch guys and run around in the draws. Oh, shorts. Shorts and t-shirts. And it, let's talk about how somebody runs straight line forty yards. So what's going to never happens in an NFL game? So what's going to be the, the the question that everybody criticizes this year? Because apparently, like they, they asked, oh, the the receiver from Oklahoma State, I can't think of his name now. They asked him if his mom was a oh my remember? god, yeah. Remember and they asked that. Eli Apple about his preference in human beings, right? Um, I I just wonder what kind of odd just because they'll do that. They'll ask you off the wall questions just to see how you react. Yeah, I. Was that who was that at the was it was I it Chris Lacey? No. No, it was he played receiver at Oklahoma State. I can't think of his name now, right? I want to say he ended up with the oh, Cowboys. Oh, oh, they asked him if his mom was a prostitute. Yeah. Who who was that? It was uh Des Bryant. Des Bryant, that's it. Oh my god, it's been that long ago. Yeah. That was Des Bryant. Yep. I'm sorry. You asked me if my mom's a prostitute, we're gonna fight. Yeah. I mean that's open that's open. Open the door for me to pop you in the nose. <laughs> and if you don't draft me, so be it. <laughs> so be it. No, my, my scouting report would say, oh, I like this kid. He's a fighter. When I asked him if his mom was a prostitute, he punched me he in the face. My damn nose. I want that guy on my team. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I, want, that's, I need that guy. Mike Dick is trading his entire draft just for that one guy. <laughs> but no, I, I, I mean, that stuff is so ridiculous. Yeah, I think they've gotten – I think in the league is kind of – I think the league help kind of see, we need to let's ask football related dial questions. That stuff back. I mean, if there is something off the field that could be an issue, but you well, know, like if if the if a if a scout says, "Hey, is your mom a prostitute?" Is yours? I mean, that's what I'm asking him. <laughs> I mean, let's have that debate. <laughs> oh my right? gosh! Yeah, I mean, nah. that's smart ass. That's what I would say, and I would probably not get drafted. Yeah, but I just what does that matter? I. Uh, it doesn't. You should it be shouldn't. fired for asking that question. Yeah. No, they've they've cleaned some of that. They up. have. They have. You're right. We'll take a break. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. If you want to jump in here, back with more of the midday sports zone right after this. Eleven forty seven. Russ and Daniel back with you here. On the Midday Sports Zone. Phone lines wide open. 478-646-ESPN is the number. Anywhere you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. You didn't even say anything about me dancing and singing along to Michael Jackson. Well, I figured if I ignored it, you'd oh, stop. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. I was trying to do it enough so you would say something, and you didn't yeah, say anything. Yeah, no. Okay, I'm sorry. That's a good song. That is a good song. Not my favorite, but it's a good song. The video really started making sense to me about two years ago. 
Oh, yeah? Because I always thought my whole life he was saying, Eddie, are you okay? And it never made sense. He was saying, Annie. Annie, are you okay? Yeah, because it was a little girl in the video. Right. And then- I was, well, That's one of his best videos. Oh, yeah. I think, I think that's Easy. one of his best videos. No doubt. For sure. So uh, college baseball gets back underway this evening. Pretty pumped. Looking forward to uh, going home and watching a little Georgia Southern in Mercer tonight. And uh, this is, you know, we talk about this. Georgia Tech plays Kennesaw State tomorrow night. The, the midweek in uh, in the Peach State is pretty good because these teams play each other, and uh, we get some of that tonight. How great is that? On a Tuesday, random Tuesday afternoon, you go home and there's baseball on tonight. Yeah, and it's Tech and – I'm sorry, it's Southern and Mercer. That's and great. tomorrow night it will be Tech and Kennesaw State. Love it. Georgia is in action as well. They'll take on Presbyterian. They're the Blue Hose, right? The Blue Hose, that's right. A, I don't know why. Because they wear blue socks. Well, I'm, I mean – It has I'm, nothing to do with Des Bryant's mom. No, <laughs> It's a different kind of hose. But they, they are the blue hose. Yes. Um, they are, and it's not hoses. They're, no. It's, it's singular. Hose. They're the hose. Yeah. So. AKA socks. Boy, it gets them into a little bit of trouble with that. Pronunciation. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't tried to change that name. Uh, yeah. You know. Um, but I guess from their perspective, it's like, get your mind out of the gutter. It's a sock. Laura's brother's wife played basketball Presbyterian. Okay. So, I, I mean, and I and of course, I grew up near Presbyterian. It's not far from. Yeah. Uh, Clinton is not far from Anderson. It's maybe an hour. So, uh, I had some friends I went to high school with played there. So, their, uh, their mascot is Scotty the Scotsman. <laughs> I don't know why. Boy. I bet that took a while to come up with, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, we got then uh, Georgia Tech's taking on Long Island tonight. There you go. I, I guess what are they? The Islanders. Uh, what do you think? I would bet. What do you think their mascot is? Let's look it up. Well, if if I was the in charge, it'd be the Ice Tees. Oh, that's a good one. They are the Ducks. The Ducks. Oh, that's lame. I believe. May, maybe let me make sure this is them and not. Uh, Oh, no, no, that's the minor league oh, team. Oh, that's the minor league yeah. team. You're right. Yeah. Are they Long Island College or University? I think it's they're the Sharks. The Sharks. That's that's not bad. That's right. They're the, that's the LIU. It's, yeah, yeah, it's the Lo Sharks. Long Island University, Westchester, and Rockland. There you go. That's a long name. Anyway, that's who Georgia Tech will be playing oh, tonight. They, had a new, they were a team that had to change their mascot. Oh. They were the Sharks. Well, Sharks is better than Commanders. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to see what their mascot used to be. We've erased it from history. I don't You'll think I know. want to look it up. They were the Blackbirds and the Pioneers. I don't know what those are. Why those are bad? But Maybe they just wanted to change it. They might just want to change. That's there right. you go. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Let's go to Ken Incoming. What's up, Ken? Russell Brown, sidekick. Hope you guys are having a good Tuesday. We yes, are, Monkey. What's up? <laughs> you know, it's funny. You got you were talking about LIU. You know, Chattanooga had to change their name from the Mocks to now the Mockingbirds, which I just, that was sad. Yeah, I, mean, I never could figure out, were they a shoe or a bird or a train? The Moccasins, they were because the Moccasins were the native Indians to that Chattanooga area, that Chattanooga okay. Valley. And then, you know, just like the Cleveland and all these other teams, you know, the Commanders and all that, I, you know, I mean, tradition just be damned. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of sad. So now they're the Mockingbirds, but they... Still call themselves the Mocks. They still call them. I didn't. I forgot about them being the Mockingbird. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of pathetic. I mean, it really is. But anyhow, you guys were talking about Jim Beheim, who I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't pee on him if he was on fire. So I got me to thinking about who do you? I mean, like hate. Like I'm just talking 
flat out hate. Now, it has nothing to do with their ability to coach. Mm-hmm. It could be a great winner. Um, for me, I'll give you a guess who mine is. If you think about it, you'll get it pretty quick. Phil Mickelson. No, he he's come along late. I, 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 you know what, Daniel? I've kind of set him off to the side. I kind of feel sorry for that guy. <laughs> well, you know? he's getting wow. a billion dollars to not play golf. I don't feel exactly. sorry for him. Well, when I say sorry for him, he he could be sitting in that chair right now at CBS, and he could be like an icon for the yep. next twenty five years. His legacy I mean, is destroyed. I mean, no doubt. He done. I mean, because this Immelman guy is horrible. They got to. Oh, you don't like him. him? Like, no, I do not. I, li- I do sorry. like Trevor. I like him. Oh, boy. Okay, I like well. him. I think he's okay. Uh, right, so yeah. what sport is your guy? Well, of course, college football. What else college would it be? Uh, you know, so I mean, Steve Spurrier. Urban Meyer. There you go. Oh, Steve, Steve Spurrier. Spurrier. Steve Spurrier. Those scars run deep, baby. Let me tell you something. I mean, <laughs> never will I for- – oh, man. I mean, just – well, you guys know what he did to us for about a nine-year period. <laughs> yes. I mean, he should have been put in prison for it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, he made my alma mater like it, too, so I can't say anything about it. I, mean, yeah, I just be curious what you two were because I, I, I have no idea. I think I know who Daniels might be. Is yours college football team? Um, I don't think I would say hate. I, oh, I, I am not a fan of Lou Holtz. Yeah. Oh. Because okay. I don't like all the – the 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 good old grandpa yeah. stuff when he cheated yeah. at every single program yeah. he was at, right? <laughs> he did. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you get every program you ever coached on probation and you're looked at like you know sweet old grandpa. I I I, I mean, and then Jerry Tarkanian only got one program put on probation and he's an outlaw. I, I think that that I don't like that. So that would probably be my one answer. Who'd you think it was going to be? I. I, I... Well, I wasn't really sure. I, I was okay. I was thinking about college football. And I was trying to think South Carolina, but it's yeah, never really we, gotten that. We typically that bad. pity South Carolina, so it's not yeah. not that bad. They did beat our butts, but this past year. But how about I, you, Russ? Uh, I would have to say Sean Payton. Ooh. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah, it, it, and 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 the thing that sets him apart is he coached the Saints. <laughs> Anything to do in New Orleans? Hey. Well, and then, but the thing is, is like I don't hate Drew Brees, it, but he was just—he's just—I think he's a bad guy. Yeah, I don't he, they had Trump the bounty gate. Guy, he, right. you know, he tried to. The, there was the the a lot of there were two or three different little scandals that got covered up when he was the head man in New Orleans. That and and then all of a sudden, like Urban Meyer, he shows up on television. Like he's why are you putting this jerk on TV? I know he's that, not a likable person at all. No. All right, guys. I'll see you soon. Y'all right. take care. Bye bye. Thanks, thanks, thanks for bringing the the hate out. <sighs> On a beautiful Tuesday, we were midday. all happy, and now we're all miserable. Now talking just, about hate, uh, it's gotta... like the player haters ball on Chappelle. <laughs> hate, 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 hate. Well, I mean, Jim Beheim's number one for sure, but like that's just yeah. that's. But for me, when you put it in, in the context of sports, it's different because th- th- from a sporting standpoint, there's no reason for me to dislike Jim Beheim. Exactly. Other than he's a, a whining, miserable right? Person. That's like legitimate. Like I don't like that person. Yep. The sports hate is not. It's not the same kind of animosity. It's sure. different. Yep. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Back with more right after this.
It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1. Hour number two of the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley with you here. The phone lines are open. 478-646-ESPN, wherever you want to go in the world of sports, is A-OK with us. So I, I came across an article this morning from Bob Nightingale, who's a, a really good baseball writer uh, for the USA Today. And he's got a feature piece on Dansby Swanson being the face of the Chicago Cubs. Which is an odd thing to read because Dansby Swanson was never the face of the Atlanta Braves. Right. Uh, he was a face. He was a face. Right. They don't have the face, right? After I don't Freddie think left. so. After Freddie left. I don't. Yeah, after Freddie left. I mean, it's like you've got you got a, a bunch of guys. That, I mean, yeah. I mean, Ronald Cunha Jr. could be the face, but he was hurt that year, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think he is the – can be the face. Hell, I think he can be the face of baseball. Yeah. But he was hurt that year. So, I mean, it was kind of a group effort when they won the World Series. At least that's the, you know, that year that I'm talking about. Dansby's not the face of the Braves. Never was. Yeah. Well, it, 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 there was an interesting comment from Dansby that, like, I just, I don't think he's going to be missed the way Freddie was missed. Because there was always something about him that came across, I don't, I don't know what the word is. But let me just get to what he read said. Read the quote. Yeah, it's really kind of, it's, yeah. it's something for um, sure. You know, Bob Nightingale asked him, you know, if he ever, like, was prepared or braced himself that the Braves would basically just move on from Dansby Swanson. And he said, well, yes and no. I mean, I feel like ego gets in the way. They wouldn't let me go, right? I'm a homegrown kid. I've kind of been leading this team for a while. I'm the center, glue of the team. Like, if there was ever anything going on, people would come to me. Now, we're not in the clubhouse. <sighs> Right? I mean, I don't know that we can dispute that in the clubhouse because we're not there. But I wouldn't have seen him as – I saw him as a leader. And we and we have talked about the reaction to the other players when they thought he would leave last year. It was stark how they were reacting. But the center of the team? I never got again, that impression. a center of the team, not the center of the team. That's a lot. I, That's a lot of ego talking, too. Uh, yeah, it really is. And I just – when I when I, when I I read those comments, it was just like, ah, I don't think he's going to be missed. I mean, I'm, I was – you know, if Dansby Swanson had t- taken the Braves' offer, I think it was like six years, $100 million or something like that, which was well below what, what he was going to be able to get, and, and just stayed with the team, I don't think I would have been disappointed. You know, it's not like, oh, this guy sucks, get him out of here. But, I mean, this is – it wasn't the end of the world. I mean, he's, we, we talked about how I – mean, you go look at his numbers to start and finish the year, they weren't good. And he's a streaky guy. When he's got it going, it's great. I think – I don't think this thing in Chicago is going to go very well at all because I never thought of him as the face of the Cubs, and I know they changed the, the, their roster over a lot. But, man, that this just reeks of, like, the Cubs are doing stuff the Braves used to do. And I'm talking about, like, pre-1990 Braves – like, you're bringing in Dansby Swanson to be the face of your franchise. He's not that guy. 
Well, are you bringing him in to be a good player? It, it doesn't that stuff happen organically? Yeah, but I mean, you can't you can't name somebody the face of your franchise. Well, like you gotta play well. No, I mean, I think if you like sign like if the Freddie Freeman was that guy, like instead of Dansby, the Cubs were signing Freeman to come be the face of their franchise. Yeah, but but that's an MVP caliber type player. Yeah. Dansby yeah. Swanson is not an MVP type caliber well, player. Well, I mean, I guess the Phillies did sign Bryce Harper to be the yeah. face of their franchise, but Bryce Harper's probably but Hall he's of Bryce Harper. That's right. He's a Hall there's of Famer. A, there's, I mean, Dansby's good, but there's a gap there. There's a level that he's not at, I think. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, you know, and, and, and with Freddie, he wasn't signed to be the face of the Dodgers because the Dodgers are like the Braves. There's a lot of faces. But, man. I mean, I hadn't really thought much about Dansby Swanson being a Cub. And, and like I said, that article kind of caught my eye. This morning, and when I read it and read that comment, and I was just like, uh, "I don't. I'm not going to miss this guy at all." Yeah. I mean, who goes around? And I mean, seriously, the, to me, in in anything, sports or whatever, the guy that goes around telling you he's the leader is either not the leader or not a very good leader. Right. You don't the, have to tell somebody you're the leader. You earn that, and it happens naturally. Um. In in the or in the locker room, in the clubhouse, all that stuff. That's a little much. I I, I don't I don't I don't see how anybody can argue that. I mean, that's a little like it's just a little. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what do you always say? It's extra. That's a little extra. It's a little extra. Yeah. A little extra. Little 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 too much there. All right, let's get back to the phones now. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Brian and Warner Robbins. Hey, Brian. Hey guys. Hope you all are well today. Yeah, man. Hope uh, you are. Well, t- uh, yeah, not bad. Um, I tell you what, I'm not going to ask about, and that's the uh, the time clock in Major League Baseball. <laughs> Boy, Bill lit me up yesterday. Um, he lit everybody up yesterday. Oh, did Bill yeah. not like it? Oh, he hates it. Okay, all right. <laughs> not like is is too is not strong enough of a of a sentiment there. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, why don't you ask him about it, Daniel? See what he says. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna text um, Bill. I really love the new clock in baseball. Let us see what know. he says. <laughs> and make sure you take a picture of your butt beforehand. And then <laughs> that, uh, but um. But anyway, my question about the Falcons, now that they officially released Mariota, in your opinion, uh, what should they do? Should they uh, get a veteran backup, draft a backup, or draft a potential starter like C.J. Stroud or something? What do you think? All right. Hey, Brian, appreciate the phone call. That's a Thanks, gr- great question. I think, I, I, for me, I would want to go veteran backup. Um, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. Like Carson Wentz is on the market. Something to that level. I don't want to bring in Derek Carr because that's a commitment to him being your quarterback for the next three to five years. I don't want to make that commitment to Derek Carr. There's no commitment to Carson Wentz. Even if Desmond Ritter doesn't work out, you can still move on from that pretty easily. I think the second option for me there would be to uh, draft a backup, uh, bring in a vet, like a, a college veteran. like Well, Stetson Bennett, if he wasn't the championship quarterback for the University of Georgia and creating a distraction – would be the type of person. I'm all for distraction. I know, I know. Uh, and then the last thing I would do is draft, not, not specifically C.J. Stroud, but any college quarterback to come in and be the starter because you've just you've you've. It feels like if you do that, 2022 was a complete and total waste of a season. Right. It feels like you spent the entire 2022 to get to this point, and it feels like you have your starter, 
We got to find out. I mean, I don't think anybody's anointing him the starter. No. But give him a chance to see what he is. Uh, I think that's fair that that you that you could do that. Um, but I'm with you. I would dra- I would trade for or I would sign or trade for a veteran backup. Is what I would do. And is that Carson Wentz? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Is it whoever? Whoever you want it to be, that's fine. That's what I would do. And say, okay, look, we've got um, we've got Desmond. We're gonna have a backup. We're gonna go get a backup veteran, and then this that's gonna be our quarterback group going into twenty twenty three. Yeah. That to me feels like with where the roster is and with the money that they have and the division that they're in that they could win, that feels like the most prudent move. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they win the division this year, I mean, that's a huge step for this organization in the right direction. And it feels like they've taken two good steps already with this this group. I know they didn't win more games this year, but you can still see where they are now from where they were two, two years ago. Oh, definitely. There's and there's no, a and there's a there's a clear direction and a path. Yeah, as as long as you know who doesn't get it in the way, I think we're yes. I, I think Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith rubs me the wrong way in press conferences, uh, and if they do fail to make the playoffs this year, it's going to shorten his tenure as the head coach of the Falcons. But because when you're winning, that that stuff doesn't matter. But as far as the on the field X's and O's, I think he's overachieved in two years with the talent they had, and I think that Terry Fontenot has done a tremendous job in the draft. Now it's the next phase. You know, ju- ju- you know, it, like we used to say this about the Hawks. Now it gets hard. You know, initially rebuilds are easy because you're at rock bottom. But now and there's gets, no expectation. Right. Now there's some expectations. Now you got to make some decisions in the free agent market that, you know, you don't get take backs on. You're going to overspend for free agents. That's the way it is. And if you, and if you go and get the wrong guys – it's the end of your tenure. It may take two or three years to play out, but that's all she wrote. So this is a, it's a big off season for these guys. It is, it is. But I, look, I mean, and I know that we've kind of been—I wouldn't say we've been hard on Arthur Smith, but I think we've we've criticized him for being kind of like a petulant child in news conferences. I think that's fair. But I would not—I I would not question what he's done with this team on the field. And I would not question what Terry Fontenot has done with this team in the front office. I think they've done a hell of a job in two years. So now you have to take the next step. Yep. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think that's fair. Yep. I, I do. I, and I'm excited. I, I, I think if they can um, get two or three pieces, specifically on the defensive side of the ball, that, you know, this, the, the, the margin of error in the, in the NFL is so razor thin from the best roster oh, to the worst gosh. roster. I mean, no it, doubt. It, it, Two or three guys can make that big of a difference. I'm not saying they're going to go win the Super Bowl next year, and I don't think they're ready for that. But win the NFC South, be a playoff team, maybe win a playoff game, I think that's realistic. We'll take a break. 478-646-ESPN. Back with more right after this. 1215, Russ and Daniel back with you on the Midday Sports Zone. we got Jordan Bianchi coming up here in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, by the way, there's just some breaking news that just came down, a tough blow uh, for the Dodgers, as Gavin Lux has suffered a torn ACL and is expected to be out for the season. So, I mean, we just got going on Friday with the first um, spring training games, and now uh, Gavin Lux is already out. Uh, Joe Musgrove, a pitcher for the Padres, dropped a kettlebell on his toe, so he's going to be out for a little while. Uh, somebody else had a sprained oblique. 
I mean, the injuries are that's that's part of it, though. You yeah. know, guys are going to get hurt this time of year. Yeah, they are. It's it's amazing that you don't hear guys tearing ACLs that much in baseball. I mean, it happens. Yeah. I mean, you know, we know Ronald Cooney Jr. did, but it's it's kind of a rare injury in baseball. Yeah, well, uh, maybe not, you're not turning that yeah. much, that kind of much, you know that much. It's I guess it's the way you're running as opposed to the other sports. But it's more of a it's more of a basketball football injury than, and it's not the end of a career now. I mean, remember when that when that would have come out and you'd have thought, oh, that guy's career's over. They've had so many advancements uh, in in medicine that they can fix that, and mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll be back. You know, probably next year. Yep, yep. That stinks though. That's that's a tough break. For it sure. does, even for a Dodger. Um, <laughs> so, so and Brian mentioned the the baseball's new rules. We got into this a lot on the on the show yesterday. Uh, it, it it it. I I think for the most most of the people I've talked to like it, or or if even or if they don't completely and totally hate it, maybe they want to see it tweaked a little bit. But like yesterday, the Braves game was over in two hours and eleven minutes. That's that's a preseason game too. That's too fast, isn't it? Well, I mean, I uh, I look. mean, if I drive if I drive two hours to Atlanta, and the game's over in two hours, that, I'm going to feel a little bit jipped. Here's the thing: well, if you drive two hours to Atlanta, you're driving too slow. It doesn't take two hours to get to Atlanta. With that traffic? Well, if you avoid traffic, it does. <laughs> it can take four hours. Sometimes it feels um, like four days. It's not the time of the game. It's the like, yeah. I don't care if the game lasts three hours, yeah. if there's stuff happening. But, I mean, Russ, how many times have you been to a game in the last decade where you just kind of sit there for right. a couple innings and nothing happens? Yeah, and see, and that's the thing. Overall, I like the um, I like the rules. I, li- I like the spirit of the new rules more than I like the rules themselves because it does eliminate a lot of the downtime. But, like, instead of a 15-second pitch clock, could we do 25 Right, because it, it's, it's, it's too fast, right? It's, it's, you're trying to squeeze things in too tight. I, I, I can get that. I get that. I understand that. But it's, it's, again, I don't care if the game lasts three hours. I don't care if a college football game lasts three and a half hours, if there's stuff happening. Now, it shouldn't take four hours, and that's what college football has kind of gotten into, and that's, that's why they're kind of looking at their rules too. But, you know, a baseball game, if they play – three hours and ten minutes, but it's action-packed and there's guys on the bases and there's movement and there's stuff happening, then I'm okay with that. Yeah. But if it's three and a half hours of walk, strikeout, maybe one guy hits a home run and it's two to not two to one, yeah. that's not good enough. Yeah. Well, and again, I, you know, I'm really curious to see yeah, – and I go back to – was it a couple of seasons ago right in the middle of the year they started checking the pitchers coming off the mound – and and they still do that. You just don't notice it anymore because it goes by quicker. Like, is this one of those things where they're like – one of the things that, that I didn't like is the clock being on TV. The clock is right there. Can we right. not do that? Because, like, when you watch a college game, they're doing the same thing, but you don't notice it. Right. And, right. It, and I, don't, I don't like the visual of the clock. And and it, and I think also if you could slow it down to about 20, 25 seconds to, opposed to 15 – I mean, you're still. What's that? Ten seconds. You're. I mean, you're seeing games last just a tick over two hours. It's. I thought they were trying to fit it into a three-hour window, not a two-hour and fifteen-minute window. Well, and and are they going to? Is this stuff? Some of this stuff going to be relaxed when the game starts? You know, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I, I mean, we. This is new, right? Yeah. It's all new. We don't know 
exactly how it's going to play out, right? And are they going to, is it going to be a fast, hard rule? Well, right now it looks like it is a fast, hard rule. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll see once the games start. Are Are they doing that to prove a point to the players and get them ready for the game, and then they may give them a little more wiggle room once the game starts? I don't know. Yeah. And and after you know after going through it for about a week or so, I'd really wonder what the players and the coaches are going to say because I think you know I would hope that Major League Baseball is going to take in to account some of their input as well. I mean, I would think so. I mean, because yeah. you've got some guys uh, who who is the guy for the Guardians that says you know he 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 wants the time for his walk up music and to get ready for his at bat. So you're just going to start 0-1? You're going to be down 0-1. Well, Machado said, I'm going to be down 0-1 a lot this year. Okay. Well, okay, you're down 0-1, and then you start messing with your gloves and stepping out, and then you're going to be down 0-2. That's on you. Yeah. I mean, the rule's the rule. But, you know, those are going to be the same guys, Russ, who don't adjust to, like, hitting the ball the other way, you know, and, and doing all the – and then they're and they're not going to succeed. Man, I would I, – man, I tell you. I would hate to have a, a guy on my team that had that attitude. Man, just play ball. I'm just going to do what I do. Okay? I, I mean, and you're going just, to fail. Just play baseball. Yep. Uh, just stay in the box. I mean, it, it, that part has, the, you know, when they throw the pitch and you swing the bat, that part hasn't changed. Right. It's just the time in between. And, you know, and, and, and you don't – it's this isn't rocket science. It, you know, it's not a chess match. You don't need that much time, you do don't. you? No, not at all. I mean, they've got all this data and everything mapped out as it is already. I mean, couldn't you just script the first 10 pitches of the game? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, it's it's right there to be fixed. I hate that they had to do this. I hate this. But they let let the, 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 the... Stat guys and and analytical guys and yeah. all that run the game. Well, so they had to do this stuff. Yeah, and and I think some of it's on the umpires as well because there were right. there were rules that were not enforced. That if they had been enforcing these rules, it, it never would have gotten to this point. But you know, but I and and look, you do have to acknowledge Major League Baseball for the past two or three seasons has said you guys need to pick up the pace between pitches, or we're going to do this. Or we're going to do it, and, and nobody it. changed. That's right. So. It's almost like the transfer portal. There's parts of it we don't like, but the attitude that these coaches took about blocking kids from going to certain schools forced it. Hundred percent. I mean, it just and they and they and they deserve it. All the coaches that complain about everything that's going on in college football and college basketball, you had a chance not to be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is <laughs> this is where we are. That's that's one way to put it. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Let's go to Jeff and Gray. Hey Jeff, how you doing? What's going on, guys? What's up, Jeff? Hey, I did a little – we were talking yesterday about the pitch clock. Ten seconds is roughly 46 minutes, given 70 batters in a game, you know, with for walks and hits and mm-hmm. all. So, I'm assuming what they're probably – I'm like you. At 215, I'm, I'm almost going to get mad if it's everything's under 215. But I guess basically you can figure that every second's about four and a half, five minutes of game time you save. So – you know, I said yesterday on Bill's thing, somebody who sells out the stadium is going to look at this completely different. They're going to look at it. If they sell out every game, they're, they're losing 81 hours of concession sales. Yeah. You know, 
like I said, if it's Pittsburgh, you don't care. But if it's somebody who's filling up the stadium like the Dodgers, that's a lot of money. Yeah, leaving on the table. I figured I'll end up somewhere, you know, two two thirty to two forty five. And I like Bill's idea that if you got a close game in the eighth or ninth inning, you know, it's and it's real close, you sort of let those rules slide so you get through that ending of the game the way you should. Yeah. Yeah. But no. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Hey, Jeff, appreciate the phone call. You know, and that was the one thing <clears throat> that the, the people in favor of the banning of the shift and stuff will point to other sports and say, you know, you have boundaries and you have to have X amount, you know, seven guys on the line of scrimmage in football and you got 10 seconds to get over half court. But, you know, the flip side of that is, you know, and with two minutes to go in each half of football, they do stop the game at the pro level and the rules change. Right. So, I mean, you can – you can maybe you do this for the first seven innings and then or something like right, that, yeah, like a two minute warning almost kind of a thing. Yeah, sure. like the last two innings, you you take the time. I guess I don't know. I you know I I think I think as as fans we need to understand that what we're seeing right now may not be the finished product. Like right. I, I mean, I they're think not this, going to have a game finished in a tie because of the pitch. I mean, yeah. because the guy's not in the box. They'll play the next inning. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. But at the same time, is there going to be a little bit of a leeway there? I like, think, yeah, uh, eight seconds. You're not looking in the pitcher. Nine, ten. Okay, that's a strike. I tried to tell you. I you know, to. as opposed to the hard and fast. Is eight it, seconds. Is it the is it the 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 play clock rule in the NFL? Right. Mm-hmm. When it hits zero, the guy looks down. If the ball snapped, then you get the, then it counts. Yeah. It's not zero, and if the ball snapped, it's a delay of game. They give them a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah. Maybe they'll do that in baseball too. We'll see. We're going to take a break. Four seven. No, 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 no. Jordan Bianchi. Jordan Bianchi, that's, that's right. That's right. From the Athletics, going to jump in here. We'll talk a little NASCAR with him. That and more as we continue on the Midday Sports Zone right after this. Twelve thirty. Russ and Daniel back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone. As it's time to talk a little NASCAR as we welcome in Jordan Bianchi from the Athletic. Good afternoon, sir. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Hey, we always appreciate the time as Kyle Busch gets the win on Sunday. Uh, almost a completely different race from what we saw at the uh, Daytona 500. You know, I want to ask you this, Jordan. You know, we had the restrictor plate race where everybody's jumbled up together. You're waiting on the big one. It almost feels like a lottery. And then you have a race on Sunday where really if you don't watch the whole thing, you don't really see it play out because by the end, you know, Kyle Busch has his three or four second lead and nobody's going to catch him. Is, is there a happy medium in there somewhere? It, it, I guess it's all about preference, right, and what you yeah. want. And I think that's kind of what the nice thing about NASCAR is, is there is a variety. You've got six super studio races, including now two at Atlanta. You've got short tracks. You've got a dirt track, street courses or road courses, all of this stuff. So it depends on what you want. I mean, I, I like Sunday's race. I like it was different. It, it was a competitive race where it didn't, you know, the last, 15, 20 laps, it kind of, you knew who was going to win unless something happened. But up until then, there was a lot of ebb and flow to it, and it was interesting. So it just depends. And I think the interesting thing about NASCAR nowadays is there is more variety and more uniqueness to the schedule than, than ever before. So, Jordan, what did that win mean for Kyle Busch and RCR? I mean, that, that first win together. Everything. I mean, it was going into this year, there were some questions about Kyle, which is a really unusual spot for him to be in because, you know, it's Kyle Busch and no one's ever really doubted his ability. But the reality is he won his last championship in 2019. And since then, he's got, what, four wins, uh, which is not a lot. 
and it's been a struggle. And he's been good. He probably should have more wins than he has, but bad luck and some other circumstances kind of worked against him. And you're joining this team in Richard Childress Racing who hasn't won a championship since 1994. They haven't had year-to-year greatness and sustainability where they're just good every single year. And while RCR was really good last year, there was a lot of questions of whether they were going to be able to carry it over to this year. And it kind of felt like going into this season that if they didn't have success early, the pressure was going to mount, the questions were going to be asked, and Kyle isn't the best in those kind of situations, and the finger-pointing could start, and this thing could go sideways in a hurry. Instead, through three races, and you can count the exhibition race there, Kyle has been really, really good. I mean, he almost won the Daytona 500. He won last Sunday. He almost won the Clash. I mean, this is really as good a start as it possibly could be. Are they a championship contender, do you think? I think so. <laughs> um, it's early, and I'm kind sure. of hedging that, but it, it, right. it, they have the speed that they have had, and this continues. There's no reason to think that they can't be in the mix come the playoffs. And Kyle's a driver that can win on any given track, any given week. And so really it's kind of a question about RCR. If they've got fast race cars and they don't kind of get swallowed up and don't have this ebb and flow that we've seen from them in years past, yes, I think Kyle Busch can be a factor in the playoffs. Jordan Bianchi of The Athletic joining us here on the program. Talked a little bit about how the drivers felt about this final setup at Fontana. Have the fans said anything about are they in favor of this change? Are they against the the change in the track? Uh, take what you will from social media, because as we know, that's always, uh, you know, you got to be careful, right? Um, but based off of what you read on social media, fans are largely against this, which is a surprise because mm. for a long time, Fontana was probably the most criticized, one of the most criticized racetracks on the schedule. Um, but over the last 10 years or so, it's evolved into a very competitive racetrack where it's featured a lot of good racing on a regular and so fans have said, wait a second, why there's so many other tracks you could take away. Why are you doing this one? Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with Fontana and, and the next configuration that it has, if it has any configuration at all, because we don't know that it's going to stick around. Um, but right now, fans are very much saying, hey, this is one of our favorite tracks. Don't take it away. Jordan, was there anybody else Sunday? Obviously, Kyle wins the race, but was there anybody Sunday who impressed you, who went, okay, we need to keep an eye on him? Uh, Ross Chastain was really the guy, and this sounds weird for a guy who finished second in the championship last year, but that was a, this is still a young team. This is a team really only in its third year of existence. And a year they had a year ago, there's a lot of people wondering, is this, is that a one-off? Is it a fluke? Can they do it again? And to be a great team, like a Hendrick or like a Gibbs or a Childers or anything like that, you have to be good year in and year out. That's something that we haven't seen from Trackhouse yet. And what we have seen through two races, and again, I preface this with it early, is that Ross Chastain is here to stay, and that team is here to stay. Ross Chastain nearly won the Daytona 500. He won two stages on Sunday, finished third. That team looks like they are as good as they were last year, if not better, and they should be, again, be a, a factor throughout the year. Jordan, uh, they head to Las Vegas now, a uh, good old-fashioned mile-and-a-half track, so it's going to make some people happy. What? Uh, who do you like this weekend in Vegas? Um, I, I like the Hendrick guys just because they, they've had a lot of speed, and this has been a good track for them. Kyle Larson in particular is really good here. Chase Elliott has been good here at times, though he was a little bit off last year. And I like the guy who won this race a year ago, Alex Bowman. He's a guy we don't talk a lot about, but he's third in the championship right now. He's one of only three drivers to have top ten finishes in the first two races. 
Um, I, I think Alex has got a really good opportunity to kind of break out and kind of assert himself as someone to pay attention to. More importantly, do you get to go to Vegas this weekend? <laughs> I am off to Vegas this weekend. That's my colleague Jeff Gluck. I'll be at Vegas in the fall. Oh, there you go. All right, man. Well, hey, we always appreciate the time. Thank you so much, and enjoy the race this weekend. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Jordan Bianchi, who covers NASCAR and uh, motorsports in general for The Athletic. He and Jeff Gluck, a really good team. They do a tremendous job in their coverage of, of the sport. And uh, just kind of easing into the season. I was – had, just a lot was going on Sunday afternoon, so I didn't really get to – I had the race on. I didn't really get to watch it like I wanted to because on those big two-mile tracks, it's like Jordan was saying, you really got to sit down and watch that race. If you just tune in for the last 30 laps. You're Which just, is what I did. <laughs> or you're just watching Kyle Busch go around in circles until uh, he wins the thing, and there's no drama to it. But it, it's it's one of those – It's a. It, it's the link of the race that really comes into play in those. Um, so, but th- you know, you'll have your good old fashioned mile and a half track this weekend. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I I think they can. I mean, I thought it was from all indications. Of, again, I didn't watch the whole race, but the stuff that I read, it seemed like a good race Sunday, and Jordan liked it. So, uh, we'll see what this can be. But I, it, it's 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 a really interesting to me, just the whole series. Like Kyle Busch. I mean, I think people had kind of been writing Kyle Busch off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to RCR, and he's a little rejuvenated. Yeah. And and here he goes and, and wins. wins. And now is he is he back to being Kyle Busch again? Yeah. It might be. I mean, that's, that's really interesting. Well, and I wonder, too, if Fontana changes their mind. It may be too late, but they're going to this reconfiguration. The drivers don't like it, but they didn't like the one in Atlanta. Right. But then to hear that the fans don't like it either. And on top of that, you know, you mentioned Jeff Gluck. He does the Twitter poll after every race and this week was Fontana a good race 89.9% said yes yeah well if the fans don't like it and the drivers don't like it like Atlanta the drivers didn't like it but the fans loved it right so you can't please both of them all the time you know it's not it's not going to happen but if you're if you're making both of them upset that's a that's a risk mm-hmm. that is a big time risk yeah and and then there's a chance that Fontana might not have a race so you got to keep that in mind well, I don't think it'll have well. a race next year. Yeah. Right. So, what? Where does it fit in two years? We'll see. Oh, we'll see. Four seven. Uh, yeah. Let's open up the phone lines. Four seven eight six four six ESPN is the number. This show is already over. It is. This today went by fast. It's been. There's been a lot going on this Tuesday. Yes. We can talk about anything. We got uh, uh, all of our favorite teams on the uh, diamond tonight. Georgia, Georgia Tech on the hardwood. You can talk about that. Quinn Schneider makes his debut as the Hawks head coach in February, which is weird, but. I like it. I do too. And uh, Mark- they certainly are interesting again. They are. No, I'm back. I'm, I'm, the, the Hawks are definitely back on my radar. And uh, Marcus Mariota, no longer an Atlanta Falcon. You can talk about those things or anything else in the world of sports is fine with us. We'll wrap it up right after this. Twelve forty-three. Russ and Daniel wrapping it up here on this Tuesday afternoon. The phone lines are open at four seven eight. 646 ESPN. Yo, Ken was talking about we we ended the last hour with hate. So, let's we'll go Love. the opposite. We'll go the opposite direction. Ken, Ken tried to take us down a dark path. Well, no, it? It, it I think stick. well, no, we we kind of <laughs> took our in, instead of previewing Georgia Tech and Syracuse, we just kind of beat up on Jim Beheim for about 5 yeah, minutes. So, we kind of started we, we it. We took the bait a little bit. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Um so, all right, so who's your, who's your favorite, most loved, beloved athlete of all time? Of all time? Ever. Wow. 
That's a tough one. Because I've got my Clemson guys, mm-hmm. right? Like Brian Dawkins is is up there, right? But, I mean, like Sharon, I know personally. Sharon Wright's one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard for me not to say Sharon Wright. Yeah. Right? Um, sure. But if you say non-Clemson guys, I, I mean, you know, it's hard for me not to say Joe Montana. Because he gave me a lot of a lot of good moments in, when I was a kid, you know. Obviously, I love Michael Jordan when when he was when he was great. Um, and and then Mike Schmidt. Mm. Mike Schmidt is like my baseball guy, you know. So, so who's yours? Dale Murphy. Is that right? I mean, it's, it's no. There's no discussion for you. No, no, and that's a, it just he was my childhood hero. There you go. So it's and I don't. And I've noticed, like, as I've gotten older, like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't look, <laughs> I don't look up to athletes the way I used to. No doubt. You know, because, and it's not, it's, it's just getting older. Like, when you're a kid, it's like these heroic figures and, because I, I never got into comic books or anything like that. So, it wasn't Superman or Spider-Man for me. It was Del Murphy. He was, he was like a comic book hero to me. I never read comics growing up. And, and it's ironic now that I love the comic book movies. Yeah. But I never read comics. Um, but I'm with you. I, I, I could see Dale Murphy for sure. I, I really could see. Like, if you said, um, who was your, like, first athlete who you loved? It was probably Dwight Clark. You know? Yeah. Because I was, I was young when he was at Clemson. Um, and, and. You know, but then uh, Trey Rollins was at Clemson, too, when I was young. So, he, you know, he was – I mean, Trey Rollins was the first uh, autograph I ever got. So, I mean, it's those kinds of guys for sure. Larry Nance, who's from my hometown, uh, is, is a big one. But those are all Clemson ties, right? Guys I grew up watching. Um, but Dale Murphy's a good one. Dale Murphy's a really good one. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for me to split up, like, sport – Right, but you're a Braves fan first, like pro teams. Yeah, I would think you would say Braves team is number one. Yeah, probably I, the Braves and the Falcons one A and one B. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard for me to like. I don't really like. Do I love the Phillies? Yeah, I had as much fun watching the Phillies last year as any any team I've had that last month of the season. But they have sucked for so long. <laughs> the Bulls since Jordan left have been garbage. Yeah. You know, it's never been the same. Never will be. I mean, he's, he's one of the greatest. The 49ers the greatest. have had a chance here. And there. Yeah. So, but I, it's hard for me to say. I mean, because Clemson's number one for me, and it's not close. Mm-hmm. Like if you said, Daniel, you got to give up every sport except for Clemson athletics. Okay, I'm good. Really? Yeah. Whew. Because I can watch Clemson basketball, baseball, softball. Yeah. You know, football, yeah. obviously. Yeah. You know, that's that's true. It's but Clemson's own. my number one for me. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm the uh, like tonight when I get home, the Georgia Southern. Mercer game, like I, that's I'm looking forward. To, you okay over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking, you know, like I'm really looking forward to that. That is the one thing about college athletics; you can follow your team year round, right? Because that, there's different sports. If you want to watch the other, sports. and I, I can't, I can't name them all. But like Jeff Dantzler was on with Bill yesterday. Right now with UGA athletics, there's 11 teams in season competing. 11. 11. Let's see if we can get them. Oh, okay. Baseball. Yeah. Softball. Yep. Track. Men's and women's Men's track. Men's and women's track. Yep. There's four. 
Men's and women's golf. Yep. Men's and women's tennis. Yep. Basketball. Did we say basketball? basketball? Oh my god. Oh, yeah. basketball. And then I can't remember the like eleven. Equestrian. That's it. That, that was it. Swimming. Swimming's the other one. Swimming. So it might have been more than eleven. No, I bet swim. I bet equestrian's in the fall. Okay. And it's men's and women's swimming right now. And they're not even counting like the soccer team plays exhibitions. That doesn't even count. Mm-hmm. So and then hell, you're gonna have spring football for it too. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sport all of itself. One, and that trumps all the rest of it. <laughs> it really does. Especially when you've won two national titles. And you're breaking in a new quarterback too. Oh. That's gonna be uh, highly talked about. We'll come in here every day with something on those three quarterbacks, I guarantee you. Oh, I mean I know we will. We'll start having Jordan back on again. Jordan Jordan Hill. Yep. By the way, uh Florida fans, your uh kickoff time for the uh Orange-blue game is 7.30. We knew it was going to be on a Thursday night, April the 13th, but now we have a, a kickoff. Ooh. They should have it on April 1st. Why are they I, – I know, you know, Georgia Tech tried this. I don't – the Thursday don't night spring game. Have it on a Saturday, my friend. I mean, it's not hard. Play the game on Saturday. Stop trying to be cute and playing these games in the middle of the week. Come on, you better than that, Billy. I don't know. No, I, I, yeah, I, I don't. I, they're a mess. They really are. <clears throat> I mean, I'm not. Look, we're not Georgia homers. No, we're not. I mean, I, but Florida's a dumpster fire right, right now. now. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, would, I, I, and I thought Napier was really a knock it out of the park hire, but anymore in college football. It's a lot more like the NFL now. This isn't like a three- or four-year process with the transfer portal. No. Like, he needs to show improvement next year. You better get that stuff turned around or people are going to start calling for your job. Yep. And and, you and got, that's not right. No. It, it, well, it, it's that's the happen. thing. We can talk about things in terms of the way they should be or we can talk about t- terms in the way that they are. And we I'm live in you. reality. I, well, try to. Um, but in this case, I mean, yeah, if, if they don't turn it around next year, he's probably going to be on the hot seat after two years, which is insane. It's insane. But there's, but if you also, if you factor in what he took over is a train wreck. Yeah. But, but the year before they won the SEC East, they did. I mean, that's how quickly it, it crumbled at the university of Florida. But you know, we talk about a lot with the Falcons, how well it's year three and it's the national football league and, you know, dead cap money, blah, 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 nobody cares. It's you got to win. Uh, college football's off-seasons are more chaotic than pro off-seasons now, so it's going to be the same way with the expectations on these coaches, specifically at the high-profile places like the University of Florida. Yeah, Seth Emerson's doing a, a UGA mailbag for us at The Athletic tomorrow, and one of the questions was, how many coaches are going to be on the hot seat? Or how many coaching changes will there be by January 1st of next year? Well, I, it's hard to say because – I mean, like you said, Dan Mullen went from winning the conf- or winning the division, playing for a conference championship, to being fired in the middle of the next season. Mm-hmm. That's where we are with college football right now. Yeah, and 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 it didn't seem odd or and unjustified. It didn't seem wrong. No, nobody. I don't remember anybody like ah, I can't. Why, why are they firing Dan Mullen? Like you could see it coming a mile oh, away. You could. But I, I go back. Could. But I go back to something not to. Yeah, I'm kind of off topic on Florida here, but the thing that I just never could get over, and I did not know this until well after the fact, is everybody remembers the shoe-throwing incident against LSU. Right. Just because Dan Mullen wanted to stick it to fans and prove a point, he named that guy a captain the next week. 
Like, what were you thinking? And did you watch him on TV? I guess you didn't get a chance to watch him on TV. Not really. He was pretty good. Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, he's really good. He's a great football mind. Yeah, and he's you know he's got some personality. He does. You know, I mean, I know we make fun of him with the Darth Vader outfit. That's funny. It's fun. I mean, it's not funny if you're losing. <laughs> but it, 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 you know, it, his personality came through in the studio, yeah. right? He, I was shocked he didn't work at Florida, but I didn't know how adverse he was to recruiting. Yeah, well, and because see, at Mississippi State, that got covered up. Well, you win eight or nine games, at Mississippi State, it's, just because you got a good mind. Nobody cares. Yeah. Eight or nine at Florida is not good enough. No, it's not. It's really not. And and he had the success. I mean, like we said, they they, they played for an SEC title in twenty twenty one. And then he got fired. And then he or was it twenty twenty? Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Sorry. Right. They didn't know Georgia has won the division the last two years. <laughs> Are you sure? No. I'm I think we know that by now. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Georgia hadn't lost a regular season conference game in two years, right? The only loss was to Alabama in the SEC title game. Yeah. That's in the last two seasons. Crazy. That's dominant is what that is. Yeah. Dominant, dominant. All right, so we got a bunch of fun stuff coming up tonight. <clears throat> Georgia and Florida on the hardwood. And in uh, making Warner Robin Savannah, our affiliates, that carry, our stations that carry the uh, UGA games, will have that. And uh, we'll be followed by the conclusion of the Hawks and the Wizards. Everybody else will have Hawks and Wizards starting at 730. So we've got that and uh, plenty of action on the diamond as well to uh, keep an eye on as Georgia, Georgia Tech, and Georgia Southern and Mercer all in action tonight in uh, college baseball. So a lot to look forward to, and we're about a month, maybe five weeks away from having a Braves game just about every night. Love it. Love uh, it, love it, love that's it. That's the best thing about baseball. People – some and everybody's not into baseball, and that's cool. I'm not – I'm not – I'm well past trying to sell somebody on something. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But That's right. People ask me, how could you watch that? I'm like, because it's every night. I just, there's just something about it. Every stinking night. I love it. I I can't watch the Phillies play every night, and I feel like you guys are spoiled because you can watch the Braves every night. Well. Or I, listen to them every night. I li- yeah, I listen to them more than watch every night. Right. But yeah. Same thing. It's great. You still interact with it, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things about it. We're out of time. Thanks for listening, as always. Appreciate Jordan Bianchi for jumping in here with us. For Daniel, I'm Russ. We'll do it again tomorrow. Y'all have a good one.